it opens my mind up to more ways that I can help support mm-hmm. others, right? And giving them maybe creating space or permission for to be able to share. Radiating that level of authenticity and allowing yourself the permission to mm-hmm. be authentic, allowing mm-hmm. yourself the permission to try new things, to meet new people, to explore new ideas and possibilities instead of keeping yourself in that box. And it's the law of attraction. What you put out to the world, you will receive. And when you put out that authenticity, you'll receive authentic people. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. And by the way, we're wives, so all this madness is going out to the wide world right now. But, um, you know, it's been a busy morning. It's been great. I bet. So, you know, you're all looking at your computer, but... If you, you were looking at but you can't yeah. see us. I know. It's so funny with me when I do my shows, I literally I'm looking over here because that's where the camera is and the person's over here. Oh, so wow. weird. Well, we did have you on the speak screen here, but the reason is that that is no longer and we're going to have to shut everything down and do another link because it's all blown up. Oh. But, you know, life must go on and so messy. Hey, that's it. Be. When you're leaving an impact, it can be messy. There you go. How's the moving gone? Are you, have you moved to your different location? We're in a temporary holding right now. We're in limbo. We're in the five-day limbo. So, like, this morning it was like, yeah, you're not going to probably get ready and do your hair because you can't find a brush. I had to find where my hair was. You know, I'm like, where are my undies? Where's my shoes? Like <laughs> things are all over the place. Different boxes. We're like, we're just gonna go with. <laughs> we're just gonna go with play. That's and how that's we've been we doing all morning. Exactly. Now. That's the way we play. There's Michelle back here. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Hey. Oh, she's so beautiful. I got to hang with her. George is coming to join us. George. Come on, George. Let's move. I don't know how to. Is that all right over there? George? Yeah, because you got to meet Hanalei when we were in New York, right? Yeah, that's right. You got to meet Hanalei in New York. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is George. So there we go. We've got a bit of a clan happening here at this moment, and uh, we've had some pretty amazing people come on. And uh, we just had Mike A. from New Jersey. I heard you had Barbie Layton on early this morning. We did. Yes. The waves blew out. All of a sudden, I was like, Barbie, like, exploded the frequency in the <laughs> I know, right? And we had people who were saying they love to be, we need a unicorn ranch. Because we figured that we're drawing some unicorns to us at this moment. That's so true. Yeah. I always call Hanalei, I always call Hanalei the unicorn, right? I'm like, I'm so happy that I could be the producer of an amazing unicorn that wants to help change the planet just because her consciousness and who she is is just pure you know like we need we need a unicorn ranch so that all the unicorns come together they all know they're amazing they all know that they're normal right? so Hanalei um tell me how does it feel to be a unicorn and tell me how you show up as a unicorn oh 
Well, okay, so how I see myself, my mom said this for a long time. <laughs> I've actually never really resonated with that term at all. The one thing uh, growing up, especially around the world, different places, constantly being around new friends, new people of different cultures, of just everything different. I've always felt almost, I've never wanted to feel any more different than everyone else. Oh, so no. yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is I never really want to put myself up as like, oh, I'm special. Oh, I'm this because I'm doing yeah. this. I think yeah. that everyone takes their own time to thrive in their own way and yeah. allowing that, <laughs> like, I feel like in school, a lot of kids get called the gifted kids or mm. the special ones. And that's yeah. how the term unicorn has always came to me. And not wanting to feel like I'm any more different than the rest of the kids. Mm. So maybe that might not be the intention with the phrase, but that's how it's always came to me. What if, so, what if your difference is something that is value that we wouldn't have at the table unless you bought it? And so that makes you different, but it's not a different in a bad way. I think that I would more consider that like a, I feel like everyone has their own uniqueness and superpower in their own way. They have their own like essence. They have that power that they bring to the table. And I feel like knowing that everyone else has that different power makes us all unique. So instead mm. of just like singling a person out and saying, oh, they're super special. I feel like we're all special. We just, depending on the area that we're in, we're experts in certain areas. We're like, oh, let's say unicorns in certain areas, you know, compared to the rest of the group of people. But I feel like that all makes, makes us unique. Well, you know, and this is, I love this. This is why, you know, it's, she's here and sitting at the table with us because it is that perspective, right? On how, and I think maybe all of us as, you know, our generation, we were brought up that way to say, oh, that kid is special, which then segregates, right? That's our own form of labeling and our own form of judgment or, you know, just segregation. And what I not only admire, but love about Hanalei is that she always brings me back to the table and talking about how we are all actually unicorns and unique, but we're all, that makes us all normal, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. so I unique. Makes, we yeah. become normal. Yeah, in that because she wasn't brought up that way mm. and she didn't have that type of contrast, if you will, right? Because I think we grew up with certain contrasts where, yeah, their kids were labeled, put in AP school. And, you know, like, like they were put in different levels, classroom levels, and it just segregated us. She wasn't brought up that way. And I, I, I really appreciate you bringing that openly Hanalei because it just reminds us like wow we still need to unwire <laughs> you know? yeah we do need to unwire and we need to but here's the thing that I think is interesting we often know that we need to unwire but what do we rewire to what yeah that's it that's it that's it so thoughts yeah yeah do you have that thought Hanalei because these are conversations that we as a family have all the time right because yeah is an artist, she's an author, and she's just wired completely different than many others that she knows. Right. However, when you get into like conversations with others that are wired like she is, she's in a whole normal space. 
mm-hmm. right? And you and you had this just recently happened. We had this conversation the other night. Maybe you can share it. Like, because there are different spaces that either need to be unwired and how do they rewire? But then there's yeah. spaces that she sits in. It's just like completely natural or normal. Yeah. Right? I feel like, I feel like everyone has their own like uniqueness and differences. And it can be sometimes difficult to find those people. I remember for a long time when I used to go to school, I just remembered always thinking myself as like the dumb kid, the one that didn't know how to do things that other kids knew, the one that always felt different because in a lot of places around the world, I was usually the only expat kid either at my school or with people when I was really young. So I was always different from my hair to my skin color to how I talked all these different things and I'm not saying that's a bad or a good thing in any way it's just how it was and Mm -hmm. for a while in school I didn't feel like I was the smartest and I felt like I got talked down upon with my peers and it's from growing up feeling so different and never feeling normal with other kids to finally being able to find, let's say, I'll use like the example of finding other unicorns like you, finding other people that resonate with you. It's was like a totally different feeling. I'm like, wow, I remember in the, what's the book that we uh, read with energies attracting, what's the name of it? Celestine Prophecies. Prophecies. Mm -hmm. We recently rewatched the movie and it was a, I remember this certain scene where two people were sitting next to each other and just perfectly exchanging energy where there was no one overcoming, there was no one smaller than, it was just a perfect exchange back and forth. And I feel like when you meet your people that resonate with you, that have similar like views or just ideas or inspiration as you, you can have those conversations that trade energy perfectly mm. where it's just a constant flow and there's never a stale moment. And yeah, I feel like meeting those people, you start to feel so much more normal instead of constantly feeling outcasted or different. And I feel like normality is something we all search for to feel like we're more like a part fitting of the herd. in. Yeah. 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 And when you're not a part of the herd, part of the status quo, you feel like you need to change yourself. Mm. But realizing that you don't need to change yourself, you can better yourself, but never change yourself for the people that want you to fit in you have to find those people that you blend with that you mix with and i i think that's my point let me know if i should explain it anymore but (laughs) i just want to throw it over to george for a minute do you feel like you fit in right now in your life because i think interesting enough we talk about generations here but Mm. i don't know that it's it's actually generational yeah no it's true huh i want to throw it at george what do you think about this at the moment, I'd say yes, but I think I can understand where you're coming from, and I can't, I can't see the screen, but I'm assuming you're way younger than, than, than me. <laughs> 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 um, but, but I know for, for us, growing up during school, it was, it was really weird because we grew up in this uh, culture of command and conquer, and it's, it's yeah, not, not do as I do. And you're talking about labels in school. I mean, we had. In our schools where you'd have your normal classes and you'd have the special class and the special class was mm. labeled as mm. not as intelligent. So to yeah, yeah. See the, the, just the dangers of how, how that, what that does to society. And 
funny enough, for, for us, when, when we grew up in school, if, if you were not good at maths and science, then you're practically an idiot. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's so funny because I was just chatting to one of my friends uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said he's trying to get his kids over from South Africa to, to Australia. And, and he said, George, it's still like that. <laughs> it hasn't changed. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how, how I think from a young generation you can get shaped into a belief is installed on you that this is what you are. And I think it's it can be very hard to get, get away from that. And I think that really takes time. Like you're saying, really finding, finding your own genius, but then finding where you belong and being comfortable with the way you are or, you know, if it's still quirky or weird or whatever. But that, it's interesting because I think, you know, like just for example is Hanalei left the USA when she was one years old. And my family has been traveling, our family has been traveling for the last 15 years. And Hanalei's lived in nearly, her, independently, about 30 some countries. Like we have li- literally lived in, you know, multiple countries as a family collectively about 55 countries. Now she, Hanalei was in different schools every three to six months. And as we traveled, she was in different languages. She was always a minority because we were in mostly third world countries. And she started a new school and started another new school. And what happened is she always wanted to be in school just for the interaction while we were on the road. But then we got to Bali and she was in a school here. And what would happen is that she was being called like she's behind, she's not up to date on she's a good reading, math. And it was because we were in one country that maybe covered the long A's, right? And then division, and then the next country had already done it and she had passed it, right? So mm-hmm. what happened is she grew up until she got to Bali, you were eight years old, seven years old. She was, she was being told and she was believing it, right? That she wasn't the smart one. She was, she was way behind. She's not a good writer. She's not a good reader. She was telling us this stuff. And she is, you know, she was on social media all her life, right? So kids were starting to make fun of her because she's on YouTube. She's everywhere, right? Cause she's been, our family was the first digital nomad family. But what happened is this, you went silent for about a year and her, my husband and I, we didn't understand. She stopped designing. She stopped drawing. She stopped doing videos and it took you a year to finally come out and share with us. And what we realized is that mm-hmm. all of this stuff that had been being said about her, she was starting to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was intense and I, I, I will allow Hanalei certainly to share the story, but I want to finalize this point because this is what is so huge with yeah. this conversation is we took her out of school and we're like, you know what? Uh-uh. This kid is brilliant. Like we can see what she's drawing. She's a artist. She's unbelievable at the young, young age that she was in the communication. She's doing videos. Like her communication was impeccable. We yeah. take her out, we get her a, a mentor. And Hanalei has now been mentored um, fully. Like Brian and I have zero to do with her education. Yeah. Like literally like, well, I don't say zero because we're part of it, but we've never told her what to study, what to do, what to look at any of it. And we got her mentors around the areas of her life that she was just in love with, which was art, writing, things like that. Yeah. But yeah, a big thing I will say as well was I remember in school when getting told I wasn't a good writer, Mm -hmm. I couldn't like spell correctly, all these different things that I needed to work on. And so 
being held kind of back in those areas, I believed it for a while and I actually resented writing, resented yeah. all of all of the stuff that I wasn't good at because I was told I wasn't good at. So I was believing that I'm like, oh, I'll never be able to get better because I'm already bad at it. And so I remember after I got taken out of school, I actually started to write uh, differently. I started to do creative writing and I started writing my own novel because I love telling stories. And that is actually what made me fall in love with writing. And I never realized how good of a writer I was mm. until mm. I started to write on my own terms and until I started to learn in my own way that made me happy. And my whole life has basically been dedicated towards writing a book for the last two years and now doing these big writing assignments in different formats and stuff. Mm. Uh, and just being able to kind of change my view of how I saw something that I was bad at, changing it towards what inspired me, uh, it made me fall in love with it. Mm. So, yeah. And now, yeah, she's been in two, she's written two chapters in my books. She's wow. finishing her novel. She's like uh, the top, she's the head artist for the, one of the largest humanitarian projects right now in the world. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's like, and she's like, and, unbelievable artist and she had she started her fashion company when she was 11 wow. a sustainable fashion you know brand it was in you know new york fashion week london like all over the world it's like wow to think if we would have let that all that conversation that was filling her head continue right where would we go? you know <laughs> amazing but you know what? Like, I, I reckon we can all relate to those moments. Like, I was the kid that was told, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. You can't, like, whatever you do, don't ever write a book. Um, like, I was the one that, like you, couldn't spell. But I think that, and, and I think of this even with the 1% movement, one of the pushbacks that we get, and I, I've talked about this quite a lot this morning, is, the fact that even just making a commitment to do your 1% seems too hard for some people. And it's hard because sometimes we've lived in that story where we have totally, like, believed what people have said to us, right? Mm. And yeah, I, what I was going to say yeah. to that is that it's not always that story because my story was that I was at the top of the class for everything. And when I chose, when my teachers were arguing, she's going to be a doctor. No, she's going to be a lawyer. I'm like, I don't want to be any of those things. They told me that I was wasting my life. So it doesn't matter what the story is. Exactly. It's still a story. Exactly. What do you got for yeah. you know, Well, first of all, I'm in love with you both. And I have to say, <laughs> you're so adorable. This is why I, I agree. agree. I know. <laughs> I'm in love with you. My real story is I moved 21 times in 18 years growing up, and you got me way beyond that. Like I, I'm, I'm a slacker compared to you. But, but you know, sweet girl, this is what what came up. Oh yeah, what came up in my heart about you is what a gift and what a blessing that you have learned this at your age and stage in your life. Yeah. Because I work with grown women grown men they're running multi-million dollar companies and do you know what their story is in their head it's the same question am i enough yeah. am i enough 
but am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Just fill in the blank. And for you to learn this at such a young, tender age that guess what? Yes, I am enough. Being me is enough. It's more than enough. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's abundant. Yeah. The fact that you are just being you. What a gift it is. And is that mm-hmm. mom? I'm guessing. Yeah, that, that is. Mom. Okay. Wrong I, did, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like assume anything, but. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's so she's taller than me now. 15. <laughs> she's I mean, what, what an amazing job you've done as a parent to give her space to, to, you know, be able to spread her wings and flap around and run into trees or whatever it took, you know, to get to this stage. But you are enough. You are more than enough. And that is a message the world needs to hear. So beautiful, right? I mean, I thank you for for that. And, you know, it's obviously it feels so good for us to just also be in space where others understand, right? Most families don't get this and they would put their kid in certain corners or, you know, really put them labeled with labels. And we were very fortunate, though. I'll, you know, obviously give credit where credit is always due. My husband and I were very, we became quite conscious about the destruction because of our families, right? And and that helped us go, whoa, whoa, what do we want to do for our daughter differently? However, I have been Hanalei's mentors, like Dr. John D. Martini, who wrote the book Value Factor. And he she spoke on stage before Dr. John. And he came off, he was like, I need to know everything. Why does this kid know all this stuff? This is the book I've been writing. I've been trying to peel these onion layers for these adults for all my life. How did this happen? And, you know, and we just interviewed her and I interviewed Dr. John the other day about it. It's like people like him said, all only, only have her do the things that she loves. Yeah. What did he say to you? He's like, what can you do, Hanalei, every day, all day that you don't get sick of? You don't have to eat. She's like, you know, you could, you could share because I don't want you to put words in her mouth, but it's like, it blew us away. <laughs> and we just followed what he said. Do you remember? Yeah, you already pretty much said it. So I was like, oh shoot, I'm giving it away. She's like, this is the point, but you can re-say it if you want. <laughs> Great family dynamics, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we said, like, what is, like, what can you do every single day without having anyone to force you to do yeah. it? And kind of living by your highest values is living in alignment with your life, living alignment with who you are. And that's when you're able to, like, I feel like that is kind of, if we can get big, that is the purpose mm. of why we are here is to um, be happy, live by what we love. And that interpretation can be in by it's everyone's interpretation. It's just, what are those highest values to you? And following those brings you that light, brings you that happiness, brings you that love. And I, well, and I yeah. think this is what you're doing though, Kiri Marie is this is why the 1% movement for people is so easy, right? <laughs> if we're just following our light in our highest values, it's yeah. easy when we say, oh, why is it so hard? It's because they're just not aligned with what they say that they want to do to make the 1% shift. Yeah. You know? Yes, 100%. Are you just coming in here, Taki, because there's chocolate here? I have those chocolate-coated coffee beans. 
Yeah. Isn't this just like the party that ever just comes in and out of, right? Um, <laughs> Rhonda, tell us for you, you say it's so easy, the 1%. I get that, you get that. But why is it so important to you, like the 1%, you personally? Why is it easy for me? Yeah, why is it easy? Why is it important? Why is it something that you go, it's so easy to align with? Because I think, yes, and if we go just for this sake, we go pioneers, innovators, unicorns, whatever you want to call yourself, cutting edge. Yeah. It's easy to come on board with something that is not doing what it used to always do. Like I think that is, we are moving in a time across the globe right now where future, we have to start thinking future. And that's, you know, sustainable future let alone solutions that are going to be helpful for generations, not just your generation, but the generations to come. And I think that, you know, if you think about for you, this you say it's so easy, Mm -hmm. but what I've learned is it's not that easy for some other people. And what I'm trying to understand is why is it easy for some why is it not so easy for others? And how can we go, hey, I know this is different to how we thought in the past or what we've done, like collaboration. We've had a whole lot of females at this table mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. championing. Championing. <laughs> oh, man, it's been a long time. <laughs> championing. That were, you know, each other at the table yeah. and got each other's back. That is not, in our culture, here in Australia particularly, that mm. is not a norm, right? Mm. Yeah. Then we've got yep. males who are, like, from all walks of life, who are absolutely behind this, who are going, yeah. hey, we just want to collaborate in whatever way to help make this happen. That is not a norm. So mm. we are, although it seems so simple in our brain, like, it really does. Like, I often have to go, I don't understand why it would be so hard for someone to not do their one thing. Because right? it's normal in our world. Correct. Yeah. Mm. But if we, if we clarify something that's easy, doesn't mean it's not hard work. Like there's a difference, right? There's energy that we put out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe more simple than easy because, you know, I know we all, but you all, I don't know who said it, but it's true. And you know, this is the work that we sit in. This is the life that we sit in because we have found that space in our role here on this planet, which is how do I just leave an impact? How do I fall in love with my impact so much that it just helps change the world, helps create a better life for my family, and it helps shift consciousness? So I love you put it so well that we become stakeholders now in our impact. You know, the 1% movement, it's like I'm a stakeholder in shift of consciousness that can happen in this planet. I'm like, oh, my God, when you said that to me, I was like, of course, I live my purpose-driven life, and I'm, I always follow my soul. And I'm like, damn, I'm a stakeholder in this consciousness. You know? oh, like, I love it. <laughs> no, it's a reminder. Like, what you're actually saying is reminding me of how much, like, humanity is stakeholders, right? Like, we are literally, that is our measure of value is what we put priority in. Yes. Yeah. And I just go, love that you grasp hold of that. It's like, yeah, this is my 1%. That's what I take hold of. That's what I'm owning. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it's, it's easy for us 
to, I don't know, like I'm really, I, I think I get really hooked up in the fact that when I'm around people like you guys, it's easy to say yeah, this. It's uh-huh. easy to do this, right? Just being you. Correct. But also there's support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holding yeah. Your, holding your, your eyes up with you on one side and me on the other. Correct. But isn't that the answer right there? Mm-hmm. But when we're right. outside in the real world, yeah, this is not the norm. This is yeah. not an easy thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So how do we bridge that gap so that yeah. we're not just the few, but we are the many? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. We need to be surrounded by these people. Yeah. So, and and goes back, and it's actually the golden thread that's gone through every conversation yeah. mm-hmm. since we started at seven o'clock mm-hmm. this morning. Is that we need to come together to bolster ourselves up to mm-hmm. go, to tap into it in that energy and go, yeah, we've got this. Now we've got mm-hmm. enough to go out and do it on our own until we're like, no, yeah. we need to come back. We need to regroup mm-hmm. because. We're not designed as humans to be doing it on our own. We're we're designed to be part of a tribe, a family, a community. So we have to remember that and come back. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to that, of young people coming in and being a part of this. So the tribe is growing out. Like I had my son, by the way, we we have celebrated here the 100th podcast for the Decision Table today, and we did a live podcast of that and I had my son at the table, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's someone that has additional needs that I want having a voice at the table. Like he brought value mm, to the table. A lot of value. He thinks really different or he just says what we're all thinking. Yeah. Oh, wow. those things. <laughs> but how do we increase so that mm. I, I always believe and I, I say in this tribe that we're building out here at the One Stamp Movement, I really want people to that are feeling that they don't fit anywhere else, you fit here. If you if you feel like you haven't got permission anywhere else, man, you've already got permission. You don't need to ask here. You're, you're yeah. so accepted here. How do we get that word out more mm-hmm. that it's okay to be, like I want people to be who they are. That is the value that, so those differences that we've talked about in this conversation, those differences are the value that you bring. They're the distinctions that each one of us bring to the table. How do we make that a place that everyone goes, I want to bring my distinctions to this table because I know there's no let I know I can be answer. who I am, and that's exactly the child why. answer. Yeah, she has the answer. Bring it out, very girl. You've got it. This is. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was to you or to me. No, I think in, the question is more like how do we how do we bring how do we make more opportunities at the table for especially for young adults and young people and young kids to be able to actually, you know, find a safe place. I think what it is is like how do we create safe places or communities and and this is something that you know you're kind of already doing now too with the the stuff that you talked about yeah I think the biggest thing for especially letting people know that they're surrounded by like-minded people or we were talking about earlier the like how to empower people to do their one percent how to like inspire them because for a lot of people it comes easy for some it becomes harder And I think the biggest thing that I was just thinking about was permission. Mm. And I think permission is something that we all seek from whatever age we're at. We seek permission when we're younger from our parents. We seek permission when we're older from our employers, from our peers. 
we seek permission from everyone. This can be through uh, God you believe in. This can be through other people you work with. We're mm. constantly looking to see if we're okay to be ourselves. Mm. If we're okay, if we're too much, if we're not enough, we want to gauge how we are in the social setting. And so I believe the biggest way to like inspire people to do their 1%, the biggest way to get people to come together as a collective, because if there's a goal, people will come. The right people will be attracted. It's like a magnet. And like if you set out one side of the magnet, another one will eventually come to meet it, you know? And I think the biggest thing is allowing, is sharing permission to be themselves, sharing permission to be authentic. And as well as asking questions, asking things like, have you ever thought about what your mission is? Have you, like, if you could do anything on this planet, what would you do? If you could leave an impact, what would you leave? And I believe that these questions are what empower the mind so much to really think more, to gauge, to think like, okay, if I want to make an impact on this world, I need to be around these people and slowly they'll attract like magnets, you know? And so I think that that is the biggest thing is just allowing permission for people to be themselves and eventually let come together just like magnets. But it has to be something on a person's own terms Hmm. and on a person's own time. Yeah. I want to think of like a good example of like when I was younger, like looking for permission and realizing like, <laughs> Sorry. you just said, I'm like, I just said, um, because you're, when I'm so, when I was younger, man, I'm 25 right today. Well, she's definitely, as you can tell, she's not 15. She's been around much longer than that. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just made no, you're <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think, the big message that I'm trying to get at is you have to make your decisions on your own terms and people can tell, like you can bring a horse to like the water, but you can't make the horse drink. You Unless know? you give it like, a, you can bring yeah, it. That's what I was thinking. Give it a salt tablet. It would be yeah. pretty thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is you can tell people do this, make your 1%. You can give them all the resources, but unless they want to do it, they won't take action and they won't be able to make that impact. So I think allowing and gifting the permission of, hey, this is here. Let's make a difference together. If you want to create something, I'm here. Putting yourself out there as someone who can collect people to help them on their journey. I think that's the only way that we're going to truly make an impact is by showing those resources and letting the right people come at their own time, Mm. you know? Yeah. Instead of being like, you're not doing this. You need to like create that 1%. You need to make that impact. I'm not saying that you're saying this, but a lot of people who want to force inspiration, inspiration can only come in its own time. Well, this is a good example though. I mean, and, and that Hannah, this is really brilliant because it's, it allows us to start feeling in right to giving people that permission or that they feel accepted and creating the space for it. When she was younger, we were, when she started her fashion company, she was like creating, she was just designing. It was just like so easy because she was a kid and she was just doing it. And then we, it wasn't until Hanalei actually understood or saw the impact that fashion had on the planet 
And it started because she saw the ugliness of the people in London Fashion Week and said, I do not want to be in fashion. She was on London Fashion Week and it was like, here's an 11 year old kid excited about creation. And these people were so mean because they were offended by her. They were, you know, they were just like, they didn't want her around because this kid is speaking truth. And it wasn't until you then said what the impact was on the fashion brands or the fashion industry had. So she said, I want to go sustainable. And then boom, because of that, it was like, she went down the deepest rabbit hole and just, you know, learning and understanding and seeing the impact that fashion has, you know? So I think, is that a good example? Would you say that you didn't really jump into sustainability until you, you felt it and it became part of something you cared about? I think the biggest thing is affirmation. When you put something out to the world, things will attract. When you put that energy, things will attract, you know, like the magnets. When you put something out, another magnetic pole will come together. Law of attraction. And yeah, the law of attraction. And mm-hmm. so only when you're really like, when I was first starting fashion and when I was first starting to design clothes, um, only until I said I was a designer, I actually mm-hmm. believed I was yeah. an artist, a designer. That is when people started to come my way with opportunities. Only when I told myself, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing, the world started to respond in a way that it believed I was a fashion designer. It believed I was an artist. And so I think until you actually are able to convince yourself and are actually able to believe you can do something, you won't be able to actually do it. It's that mindset that, that you can it's the thought of, I can make this possible. That's yeah. the only way you're going to be able to actually do it. Because when you keep in the mindset of, oh, I, I need to do something else. I need to th- find out other methods to create. I can't be a fashion designer. I can't do this. You'll never actually be able to create it because you don't believe that you can do so. You know? I have a question for you. It's burning. Like, I got to know that. I'm minutes. Like I need the wisdom. I need I have I need the wisdom of this child here. So um and my question to you is this, and this is for I'm just gonna go ahead and sort of speak for the for the group. Help us know how do we invite you? How what is the invitation? What does that look like in real life? That we have a lot of years of wisdom. We do, we've, we've lived, we, we know some things. We would love to take, you know, your, your age group, your, your peers and, and pour into you. Um, but it can't be like beating over the head to your point. But what does that invitation look like? What is the honey? What does that, how can we do better to reach you? And to support you, to, to, to pour into you and to your peers. What does that invitation look like? I think the biggest thing would be authenticity. Authenticity is the, it is the highest frequency you can admit as a human. Authenticity attracts the most out of people it's what makes Mm -hmm. people feel open to you whenever you meet people and you have a conversation and you feel that immediate like i can tell this person any anything i can feel so comfortable with this person it's because that person is radiating at a level of authenticity so and it's highest form of attraction 
And I believe that if you want to find more people, if you want to get more people into what you love, if you want to radiate your message, I think the biggest level is radiating at your level of authenticity and uplifting that voice and that speaking about what you love, speaking about what you want, putting out the world, what you want. And by doing that, the right people that want to radiate at your same frequency will come and the people that don't resonate will not follow. Yeah, and so awesome. I think that's right. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. That's very powerful. Out of the mouths of babes, right? That's why I wanted your, that's why I wanted your, your voice in that. That's yeah. Because I think sometimes, you know, as because we do have a lot of life experience, we can think that we know things. And we do know. I'm not taking yeah. away from what life experience gives you. But I love the simplicity of just hearing from you, like, what does that open door look like from your side? Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Well, it's, yeah, I, you know, and it's, I think it's really brilliant. It's one thing that we also have always done as a family is that, you know, Hanalei has never been called a child. She's never actually been talked for. She's been, you know, respected in having a voice and, you know, wisdom outweighs experience in, in, in our, you know, belief system. And I think that, or I believe that, you know, if we're, if we would like to enroll or encourage young adults or, you know, merging leaders, if you will, to come forward and have this type of conversation at the table, it has to start with them, them being and feeling that their views are respected and that mm-hmm. if they don't have the same conversation, that maybe their conversation, we need to listen to it mm-hmm. and we need to meet them halfway. And I feel that in order for us to get this generation or, you know, those that could potentially just be younger, have less experience, but certainly usually more wisdom, the moment we open our minds to their wisdom, that we could come to their table. And that by doing that, Mm -hmm. we bring our tables together, you know? That's good. Mm, Love that. Oh, my gosh. I'm just... Just thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we could do this all day. Maybe. You are going to do it all day. That, no, like that literally, I just, I want to sit in that because there were so many little pieces of that. And I think not careful we could brush past that, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I've always had the younger generation as part of my my sort of arena around me because I was a youth speaker for so many years and I love hearing all of the just the way that you think the way that you're bringing it you know we say things like this often but I think in some ways it's the way that you're saying it through the lenses that you bring because you come from a different generation you come from different thinking right now and you're given a chance to have that voice And, you know, I wish for a long time that I was one of those kids that had that voice. So they're always, when I get in a, in a place where there is a young person that has a voice, it brings such a smile and peace to me because I go, there is hope for the next generation. And there is hope that there are other humans now having a voice. And I hope that the 1% movement that part of that is giving people a place in which there is the safe, authentic, 
and real environment where you can use your platform to have a voice mm-hmm. and not just to have a voice but to collaborate with other people to now even amplify that voice, right? Because I think, you know, sometimes we're in such a noisy environment that that mm-hmm. voice, we're trying to shout it above and loud and everything like that. But if we are joined together as a voice, just as you have a voice, we have a voice, mm-hmm. you know, amplifies. every single, it amplifies mm-hmm. it of what we can bring as change to the global landscape. So this kind of conversation to me is what is needed for mm. people to understand that your one percent is all different, no matter who you are. It doesn't. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't have to look the same. But actually, together, it brings such strength and power. Any thoughts? Yeah, I just, one of the things that Hamalay said so beautifully <laughs> just earlier was that that she needed that permission. Now, the reason that we're all hearing these beautiful words from Hamalay is because, Rhonda, you've given her that permission, mm-hmm. you know, and Kiri Marie, you're mm-hmm. giving people permission. So even though, and, and I'm, I'm going to be guilty of this, like I say mm-hmm. to people, you don't need permission, you just do it. Mm-hmm. But we do need permission, right? Yes, so that's what I've actually permission. taken from this yeah, is that, that, that maybe my perception of that is a little bit off. Mm-hmm. The intention was pure. Oh, sure. But... There is a permission and now this, the feeling that I'm getting is this gives us all even more permission Mm. to give more permission to other people. I'd never thought about it this way. Mm. I just think it's beautiful. I also think that the statement of you don't need permission is in fact a statement of permission. (laughs) (laughs) Allowing that person to be like, okay, I I actually can feel on my own. You know, like recently I had a conversation with my mom and it was a lot about mainly feeling uh like I've needed to stay in this box of who I am. Because mm. for all my life, pretty much, Hunley Swan has been a brand. It's been who I've been online. It's been this box that I made for myself at a really young age because that is how my parents were guiding me. And that is who I was meant to be. Like, I was supposed to inspire. I was, you know, when you're a speaker and you list off who you are, (laughs) I'm an author, I'm a writer, I'm this, I'm that. I found myself being stuck in this is the only person I am. And so to explore that wasn't an option. And I remember having this conversation recently saying, like, talking about, oh, I've been feeling stressed out because I've, felt like I needed to be this person and I remember my mom saying you don't need to be that person anymore yeah. you mm-hmm. can just be you you can fail you can make mistakes I talk about so much how it is okay to make mistakes how it is okay to fail and we learn from our failures but I wasn't allowing myself to fail yeah because yeah. I was afraid of that failure <laughs> even yeah. though I spoke about it so much I I remember writing this down even when I was preaching about authenticity, I was mm-hmm. not authentic because I realized that wasn't who I was. And mm-hmm. so realizing and allowing yourself to grow over time mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to fail, allowing yourself to grow. Permission. I, giving that, yourself that, permission. That permission. That's your permission. <laughs> 
that's what I've been wanting to hear for the last five years. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I needed to hear that to actually start exploring other options other than just the box I was thinking. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a long story, but (laughs) the fact that she figured it out this early, we're like, yeah, right. And, so and the good. fact that she's giving herself permission is so good. Okay. So bringing it all back in, Rhonda, what are you taking from our conversation today? Oh, you know, every time I get to sit like this and just take my mind out of the digital, out of the responsibility, you know, it just, it opens my mind up to more ways that I can help support. Others, right? And giving them maybe creating space or permission for to be able to share. That's something that we could so easily take for granted, right? Because this is so easy kind of a conversation. I always use the word easy because we're so used to it, right? But creating more spaces for these type of conversations. And I know that's something that you are really, you know, that's what you're so passionate about is how do we create more conversations at the table? And, you know, which is, which brings me to why I'm, so passionate about this, you know, Women Gone Wild book. And my 1% is, you know, creating the space for more women to be able to tell their wild stories and giving them permission that they matter and for women to come together. And so every time I hear this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to I gotta create more permission for these people to want to say yes, to say yes to themselves, to tell their story, you know? And it's like, it's it's easy in our little, your circle, my circle, our family, just yeah. like, okay, yeah. we're all sitting here at the table. You yeah. know, what do we need to do? And we, so we can just let it flow out without feeling judged or, you know, wrong. Yes. And then said, how do we do that for others? What was it look yes. like? I love that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And the answer is? Just keep bringing this to the table. Just keep opening. Like it literally is that. It I is. It, it really is. Asking yeah. questions. Correct. You know? Yeah. I was going to say, not just keep having the discussions at the table, but inviting others in. Yeah. Inviting. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 One thing that we expand on, especially with Hanalei, which allows my husband and I to be better humans, mm-hmm. and better business owners, right? Everything we do is that when we do sit, it's listening to what is coming from them opposed to laying out let's say onto the table what we're want to talk about mm-hmm. and when we started to do that more so with Hanalei all of a sudden the topics like here we are you just we just started to th- throw things out on the table right <laughs> and we started to pick it all up that I believe is where that invitation opens up for more growth to yeah. the conversations we'd like to have because a lot of them we don't even know what they are unless the, those that are invited and start talking you know but I think even got like something that you just said there got my brain going down a different path it's Mm. not just inviting other people but it's about being open to it as well someone asked me that long ago like who's your greatest mentor said it's actually my kids because they have a perspective that make me go "Mm." like sometimes like oh my goodness they've seen it like for you Mm. know they're yeah. like, like even this morning, like yeah. there's no filter, like your kids have no filter with like that they tell you, but I've got to be open to learn from my children. You know, it's yeah. not about telling and you know exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. Mm. 
What about you, Hanale? What are you taking away from this conversation? Oh, I feel like there's a lot, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I summed it up pretty well. I think the biggest takeaway for me is radiating that level of authenticity and allowing yourself the permission to mm. be authentic, allowing mm. yourself the permission to try new things, to meet new people, to explore new ideas and possibilities instead of keeping yourself in that box. Mm. And yeah, I think that it's the law of attraction. What you put out to the world, you will receive. And when you put out that authenticity, you'll receive authentic people. Mm. You'll receive person, people that are attracted to your energy. I think that's the biggest thing <laughs> for me. And even that. if it's messy, you know, I think that's a bigger one. Even if it's messy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it will be messy. Get your hands dirty. Embrace the messy. <laughs> yeah. Reminder that inside of that cocoon is a bunch of mush. It's <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. All right. What are, what are you taking from this conversation? Oh, my. You know, it's kind of a renewed hope. Mm-hmm. Renew my hope and that we really can work together and come together. And it, I mean, it makes me feel good. Like Hanale, right? Is that how you say your name? You say it right. But that you would be willing to listen to me. I mean, I have grandchildren your age and, and they're so good. Like they listen to me, but I listen to them, but I'm, I'm their meanie, right? Of course they would. But just to have the open conversations and know that the authenticity crosses, it doesn't have to be family, the familial lines. You know, it can be me to you in Bali or wherever around the world and that you can, you can hear my heart and I can hear your heart and it doesn't matter about age or stage or where or when that we really are one. Mm. Beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle, do you want to say anything? Because she is actually sitting down on the floor here listening. So I'm curious on the conversation. What are you taking from that? Um, I just came up with something clever, but mm. it says probably not so. Anyway, I thoroughly I think enjoyed it. Share it. Well, it's funny because <laughs> it was all around permission, and I don't. Wow. <laughs> so giving myself permission to give other people permission. I actually mm-hmm. thought like that. I thought that actually is how I would sum up. What I could, I've had to come and go because of other things, but mm. I really enjoyed it. And, oh, my gosh, Rhonda, you are, mm. you two made yeah. an amazing child. You, mm. it's, she's just awesome. Did you only do that one time? Oh, <laughs> you should have done better than that. Yeah. I stopped it. I stopped it. I got it. <laughs> That's right. When you're on a good thing, you don't want to stop it off. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. I can't I cry. I love that. Oh. And just to pick up the conversation, I really, I mean, I love both of you so much with all my heart because just the realness that you bring to the table and also knowing, honestly, what you do outside of this room is just the realness. And we talked about authenticity, but you role model what that looks like at the table. And I, I think for me, what I'm taking from this is a reminder of being able to, and it's funny because you brought it up, you love to create conversations where it's safe for us to have these places to do it, 
what I forget sometimes is the importance of that and mm. why I do it. I do it because I naturally am curious. I'm naturally someone who wants to keep evolving and I want to give the platform for others to have a voice. But I think what you brought out of the conversation for me today is a reminder of the importance of doing it. It's not even just that I love doing it. It's actually really important that we're inviting. And I always say human first at the table and our distinctions are our added value that we bring to the table. And I think you've reminded me today of us turning up as humans first. That's the authentic side of us, Mm -hmm. but that we bring our distinctions. So those differences that we bring to the table We need those at the table, Mm -hmm. whatever flavor that looks like. And we Mm -hmm. need to be, you know, bringing more and more. It's our 1%. Exactly. (laughs) Spaces to our environments where we can have this. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm following you everywhere on Instagram. (laughs) I followed your family, you, your artwork. (laughs) The show up well person, that's me. (laughs) I love it. Well, I appreciate you ladies so much for giving us this opportunity as well. And I'm, uh, I'm leaving actually now to go and be in ceremony for the next 24 hours to just really oh, wow. let this all, you know, sink in and sitting by the fire and just, yeah, I'm unpeeling a lot of layers. And these are the, these are the wow. openings that we deserve, right? We just had a amazing full moon, the eighth. So mm-hmm. it's time to, uh, yeah. Birthday time. On the other side. Birthday. Bring it in. All right. All right. Have an amazing one. Salamit Pagi from Bali. Bye. Bye, babe. Bye, girls. Yeah. All right. I'm ending. We're going to come back later and we'll tell you how. Big love. And by the way, remember, join the 1% movement. <laughs> amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.